The scripture for this morning is Isaiah 43, verses 1 through 7. But now, this is what the Lord says. He who created you, Jacob, he who formed you, Israel, do not fear, for I have redeemed you. I have summoned you by name. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And when you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. I give Egypt your ransom, Cush and Seba in your stead, since you are precious and honored in my sight, and because I love you. I will give people in exchange for you, nations in exchange for your life. Do not be afraid, for I am with you. I will bring your children from the east and gather you from the west. I will say to the north, give them up, and to the south, do not hold them back. Bring my sons from afar and my daughters from the ends of the earth. Everyone who is called by my name, whom I created for my glory, whom I formed and made. Thank you, Father, for your word. Amen. Good morning, Faith Westwood. Now, for those who are on site, as well as those who are worshiping with us online, we have a special announcement for those who are new or newer to Faith Westwood. We want to remind you that we are going to have a combined Faith Walk, Faith Link uh, for breakfast on February 10th or supper on February 12th. These are great opportunities to meet me and to learn about the church as well as its mission and ministry. So please sign up. You can talk to Jen Robinson for that. Now, since the beginning of January, we have been in this narrative sermon series where God's people have been thirsting for water and for righteousness. Through this series, we've been remembering the past, embracing the present, and we've been leaning in to the future. In addition, you and I have been adopting the phrase, let it flow, as we trust God to provide for our needs. Now, today, through the passage in Isaiah, we join God's people who were anticipating that transition from Old Covenant to New Covenant. We hear the prophet's words of encouragement to God's people who were longing for hope as they wait in exile. That was their immediate future. And they were longing for the Messiah. That was their distant future. We also remember that when God's people walk through those things that overwhelm them, they can trust that God is on their side. Would you join me in prayer? Almighty God, open our ears that we may hear your word. Open our eyes that we may see your glory in our midst. And open our hearts that we might know your spirit's presence with us in these moments. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Now, Valentine's Day is coming soon. In fact, you have 10 days to prepare to share words and actions of love and appreciation for those that you love and care for in your life. Of course, Wednesday, February 14th is also a special day in the Christian calendar. It is Ash Wednesday this year. That's right. The day that we remember our mortality and prepare for the Lenten season and journey. Now, the United Methodist of Churches of, in, of Indiana have done a special social media campaign. Ash Wednesday is on Valentine's Day. You can't spell Valentine without Lent. <laughs> Creative. And I want you to look at that heart. What does it say? Remember, you are dust. <laughs> Creative. 
Now here at Faith Westwood on Ash Wednesday, we're going to be offering a couple of times in the afternoon for drive-through ashes. That's going to be at our east entrance, so watch for more details on that. And then at 7 o'clock in the evening, we're going to have our traditional worship service here. Now I have to tell you that the imposition of ashes will be in the form of a heart this year. And this is most appropriate as we remember and claim God's great love for us despite our humanity. Now, as we look at Isaiah 43 today, I want to share with you that this is one of those passages that has touched my heart so deeply, uh, more than many others. So, 10 days early, I want you to claim these words today as a love letter from God. So, hear the words that Isaiah shared with God's people Israel, and I want you to claim them in our day. I want you to also take an opportunity to move beyond any trials and challenges and obstacles that are before you. I want you to walk with confidence and faith and trust that God loves you more than you could ever imagine. Now, right there, I could just say, amen. We could go ahead and take communion. We could go have chili. But some of the chili still needs a little cooking, so we're going to continue. <laughs> the first words in our passage are, but now. These words give us a clue to what preceded this passage and the fact that they sounded much different than what is to come, and this is very true. God's people were ungrateful. They were disobedient. They received judgment. In fact, they received harsh judgment, words that reminded them that God is a very jealous God. Now, in exile in Babylon, God's people faced the reality of that judgment, they experienced pain and suffering and oppression. They were taken away from their land, from their temple, their comfort, their peace, and even their hope. God had promised never to leave them, yet God felt very distant to the people in those days. But now, these were words that the people were longing to hear in their day, and they were in contrast to those words of judgment. There had to be more to their story, God's people wondered. And, and certainly it was Isaiah's job to tell it. So Isaiah prophesies what the Lord says. The one who created you and formed you says, listen up. First we hear, do not fear for I have redeemed you. I have read that the Bible has just about enough verses with the phrase, do not fear, for every single day of the year. So these words are important because fear is the opposite of faith. Now, biblical redemption is about buying back. And God intends to buy back God's people from exile in Babylon, freeing them and recovering them. So God says, for I have redeemed you. I have summoned you by name. You are mine. To say that God has summoned the people means that God has urgently called them to be present. They were summoned as in a court to hear their judgment. And now God was saying that he was summoning them by name to hear something different. One of my favorite conversation hearts is the one that says, be mine. Right? Be mine. It suggests that the recipient has a choice to accept the invitation. There is something very special about God saying the words, you are mine. Exiled in Babylon, there were times that God's people weren't sure that they were still part of God's family anymore. 
these words confirm that God still claimed them as his people. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you, and when you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. Through our Let It Flow sermon series, we've experienced that water holds very special and symbolic language in the Bible. Literal water provided to quench thirst represents blessing and life, while water provided to quench spiritual thirst can represent God's grace, healing, and cleansing. Yet when we come to our focus passage, the waters that, I re- that Isaiah refers to represent those obstacles that God's people have faced and that they will continue to face. Like their Hebrew predecessors who crossed the Red Sea, the people would cross literal waters and even symbolic ones. Yet the messages was clear. They were clear. God will be with them. Those waters will not sweep over them. And when you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. Biblical fire can be destructive, and yet it can also be cleansing. Yet when God's people walk through their fi- those fires, they will not be burned. In fact, the flames will not even singe them. The symbolism is powerful here. Again, God's people needed reminders that they were going to be able to face their trials and challenges in exile. And they were going to be able to face the obstacles that would be before them in the future. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. There are many names for God. We've already talked about this. Yahweh, Creator, Redeemer, Holy One, Savior. God is saying through the prophet, do not forget who I am. When the people Israel forgot to call on the name of the Lord, God Almighty, they lost connection with the source of their strength and their hope. God says, I give Egypt for your ransom, Cush and Seba in your stead. What in the world does this mean? Remember that redemption language that was used earlier? God delivered them from Egypt and would deliver them from all of the nations who would dare to hold them captive and oppress them. Now we get to the good stuff, really good stuff. Since you are precious and honored in my sight and because I love you. These are powerful words in this love letter from God. Precious means having value like pearls or diamonds. Honored means showing great respect for someone. And I love you. That's an expression of those intense feelings and emotions for someone in which you are in relationship with. Now, it's very interesting that as God's people heard this, they would have been thinking about their relationship with God. They would have been thinking about how They related to God being more precious than silver or gold. In fact, the the psalmist proclaimed that. They would have also thought about the ways that they were to show honor to God. That was in the Ten Commandments. And the words, I love you, those were meant to be spoken unconditionally without any strings attached. God had commanded the kind of relationship that he wanted with the people, one where the people would trust in God's unconditional love and care. 
So in its simplicity here, God is demonstrating the kind of reciprocal relationship that is possible when people believe and trust. God says that the people are precious and honored. When the creator says, I love you, he wills only to love and to be loved in return. Amen? And then God says, I will give people in exchange for you, nations in exchange for your life. God's love and compassion extends to his chosen people to remind them that they have been set apart. That means they are holy and they are set apart for a special purpose and plan. And again, God says, do not be afraid for I am with you. Repeated again, these words emphasize the prophet's words to the Lord. Fears and doubts keep people from experiencing all that God has to offer the people. Knowing that God is with them invites them to a, diff, a, a, a deeper level of faith and confidence so that they could fully trust that God would be with them. I will bring your children from the east and gather you from the west. I will say to the north, give them up. And to the south, do not hold them back. Remember that God summoned the people, calling them by name. Here we are reminded from where the people will come, from the east and from the west and from the north and from the south. The people will be brought and gathered, released and freed from those who were holding them captive. God says, bring my sons from afar and my daughters from the ends of the earth. Everyone who is called by my name, whom I created for my glory, whom I formed and made. These sons and daughters have been called by name. They were created, formed, and made. For what purpose? For what purpose? For God's glory. You know, the very heart of this prophetic love letter from God proclaims that, that God is going to comfort the people and will lead them back to their homeland. God will do this like a shepherd leads his flock. And of course, the redemption that God's people experienced in exile is merely a foretaste of how God's people will be saved and delivered from their sins and from the consequences of their sins through Jesus Christ, the promised Messiah. Jesus really has an important message for us today, right? Through this prophet Isaiah. These words were not limited to God's people in exile in Babylon or from when they emerged from those days. The universal message of Isaiah 43, 1 through 7 reminds us that humans of every age encounter the threats and obstacles that affect them in every aspect of their lives. Metaphorically speaking, and sometimes literally, you and I face deep waters. We face raging fires that threaten to overwhelm us. Like, echoing from last week's message, suffering that is suffocating. And depression that is overwhelming. Cancer and diseases that become realities. Addiction that is oppressive. Relationships that are far too complicated. Dreams that get broken and shattered, and hope that is diminished. There is nothing that you and I can do to prevent 
the waters and the fires from being a reality in our lives. And yet, you and I can face them with faith and confidence. Why? Because your creator God has redeemed you. God has declared that you are precious, honored, and loved. And in response, you must trust in God's great love for you. You must trust that God will never leave you nor forsake you. You must trust that God will be with you. You must trust that God sent his only son for the redemption of your sins. And you must trust that God will be with you always as you let it flow. So be it. Amen.